Thank you for listening to today's message. Avenue Church is a Christian church located in Las Vegas. For more information, visit avenuechurch.cc. Enjoy the message. We are finishing up, wrapping up our series, How to Tame Your Monster. Tell your neighbor, I want you to express to your neighbor right now how disappointed you are. The series is almost over. Go ahead. Tell your neighbor, I'm so disappointed. I am so bummed. All right? And so here's kind of a quick recap. A re- quick recap, if you can watch it on YouTube, on our podcast. But quick recap is you cannot have a positive life with a negative mind. That you really are what you think. That we need to reframe our mindset. And last week we learned hashtag free Paul. All right? So you got to watch that on the sermon last week. But we had an acronym that we've been following that spells out faith. And so here it is. F stands for focus on the positive. I believe that's been a life changer, a game changer for many in this place. We're going to focus on the positive. We're going to affirm ourselves. You know the greatest enemy is us sometimes. And so we need to affirm ourselves in the faith. I was so good with my wife, Pastor Lindsay. Imagine God doing something good on your behalf. Imagine God doing something good on your behalf. You know what that is? That's faith. That's what it's all about. T was trust God in all things. That was last Sunday. We're beginning to learn to trust the Lord with all our heart. Lean not on your own understanding. Acknowledge Him. Not the acknowledgement that's like, what's up, man? What's up? No, the acknowledgement is I give all glory to God. And today we're going to talk about hope. We're going to talk about hope today. And I believe this is a great way to end this series. How do I not just tame my monster? How do I destroy my monster? How do I get rid of my monster? And all i got to tell you today, it's hope. We need hope today. The Bible says, Jeremiah 29, 11, for, for the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you. How many like that one? Prosper me, Lord, right? Hook it up. Make it rain, Jesus. Right? Plans to prosper me, but also to give me hope and a future. Hope and a future. So the title of my message today is How to Hope Again. How to hope again. Have you ever heard that phrase, don't get my hopes up? And I really believe many of us, we've lost hope. Many of us in this room are saying, how do I hope again? And that's simply because the monsters have taken over our minds. See, often I think we overlook hope. And so I'm, I, I just know God's going to do something amazing today. This is what it says. Hope often leads you to faith. You cannot have faith without hope. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1 says, Now faith is the confidence in what we, everyone say it, it's what we hope for. And the assurance of what we do not see. See, faith is being sure of what we hope for will actually happen. It will actually take place. Come on, anybody here today say, I'm hoping for God to do great things in my life. I'm expecting. I believe it. You can't see it, but I can see it. And it's going to come to pass. So how do I walk out of here today with full expectation and confidence that good really is coming my way? How do I hope again? I want you to write this down. Number one, if you're taking notes, you got to take notes. The devil can take it off your mind, but not off your paper. Come on, somebody. That was free, all right? Or your iPhone. He actually does take it off my iPhone somehow. If you have a Samsung or an Android, don't even bother. I don't know where it's going to be or what. No. Okay, I'm kidding. Uh, how do I hope again? Write this down. Number one, hope for the best. Hope for the best. Now, I think this is great. Like we can put this on a T-shirt, right? We can sell these shirts. We can put this on a bumper sticker. We can write this down, wallpaper, iPhone. We can do all those things. But I believe this is so difficult to do in this day and age. 
I want to hope for the best. How do I hope for the best? See, if hope is the expectation of good things, then why not hope for the best? Why not hope for God's best in every situation? But the problem is, I've heard this statement before, hope for the best, but some of you guys have a subtitle on yours, right? Hope for the best, plan for the worst. How many have heard that before? I hope for the best. I'm planning for the worst because I know how this life is. I know how things work. Pastor Jeremy, out there in the real world, I, we got a plan for the worst. I, I, am, I am convinced that if you hope, if you prepare for the worst, it robs you of hope. It robs you of hope that you're not fully bought in. That you're saying, I hope for the best. I'm planning for the worst. That means I got a plan B. That means if God doesn't follow through or if God doesn't work on my behalf, if God doesn't show up, guess what? I have room for disappointment. The Bible says in Proverbs, hope deferred makes the heart sick. And so many of us, in the process of hoping, we have a sick heart because we're planning for the worst. I want to encourage you today. Can we just plan for the best case scenario instead of the worst case scenario? Is that okay? Because my monsters always expect the worst. They say worry and fear and anxiety. You know what? It's, go, it's all going to hit the fan, so I might as well be ready for it. Can I encourage you today? Can we hope for the best? Can we say what if God makes it all happen according to his plan and purposes? I'm preaching good today. What if? I'm going to hope for the best. That when you hope for the best, you're simply hoping for God's promises to be fulfilled in your life. When you hope for the best, means, you know what, when I sow, the Bible says I'm going to reap. When I sow blessings in someone else's life, I'm going to reap a blessing. When I tithe or give an offering, the Bible says I will, God would open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing over my life. Hoping for the best is knowing that God will come through. Why? Because he always does. How many know that song from Elevation? He'll do it again. He'll do it again. I hope he's going to do it again. So we plan to hope for the best. Because it's God's plan to bless us. I want to encourage you today. I believe with all my heart, God doesn't want us to survive. He doesn't want to just barely get by. But he wants to give us everything that we need to fulfill his plan and his purpose in our lives. You see, Pastor Lindsay and I, when God spoke to our hearts inside, and, and we felt, you know what, we need to start a church. We need to start a life-giving church. We, we got to get this thing going. We hope that it would take off, right? We hope that we could open up on launch day. We hope that Jesus would show up and, and we could be able to reach the one. But how many know when I say I hope, it means I was fully expected of God's word, that God said in his word, upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. I expect God to grow this church because he loves people. He wants our churches to grow because he wants to reach the one. He wants to reach people for his praise and his glory. He loves Las Vegas. But here's the problem. There's a major difference between hope and hope. So put on the screen behind me. Hope versus hope. You know, there's different things I could say. I could say, um, as a kid, I used to say, I hope. My dad is on time. Dad, I love you so much, but dad, I hope 
my dad was on time. Does that mean I was fully expected that my dad would show up on time? He was always late, all right? I love you, Dad. He was always late for things, right? And so we used to tell him the wrong time, all right? The party started at 5. It started at 3.30, okay? Because I hope my dad would show up on time. But that kind of hope was a hope that says, you know what? It might happen, but I know I'm going to be let down. I hope it happens, but I'm pretty confident it won't take place. That's some of the times that, that we express hope. We're expressing uncertainty. But that's not what biblical hope means. Biblical hope means, you know what? I believe I'm fully expectant. I'm not just desiring good for the future, but I'm expecting it to happen. I am confident that it will take place. But put up Hebrews chapter 1 real quick. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1. And so many times we have hope mixed up. We say, you know what the Bible says? Faith is the substance of things hoped for. Faith is the confidence in what we hope for and the assurance of what we do not see. So many times we place the wrong hope in there. We're saying, God, I have confidence that it might happen. I have confidence that it could happen. For so many of us in this room, we've been let down so many times. We say faith is the assurance of things that probably won't happen. Probably won't happen. Can we walk out of here today hoping for the best? Can we walk out of here today saying now faith is the confidence of what I fully expect that God is going to do according to his promises, according to his word. I fully expect for God to bring healing to my family. I fully expect God to bring healing to my life. I fully expect God to open up doors and close doors. I fully expect God to move. I think many of us were actually wanting God to meet all of our needs, but we don't believe he will. So I want to encourage you today. I want you to think of, imagine God actually wanting to meet your needs. Think about him wanting you to purchase that home. Think about him wanting you to provide for your family. Think about God wanting you to raise your kids with excellence according to his word. Think about God actually wanting you to provide an education for your children. Or you yourself going back to school for that education. Maybe you need transportation. Maybe you're believing God for retirement. I want you to be able to say, God, I'm thinking that you actually want me to meet all my needs according to your plans and purposes. That God, today, instead of hope, I'm now deciding to hope. Expectant, confident in God's word. You know what, if I wanted to bless you today and I say, hey, um, tomorrow I hit $1,000 in 10 different places all across the city. And I want to give you $10,000. But here's what you have to do. Between 6 a.m. and 6 p.m., you got to get up on Monday, all right? Some of you are like, Monday, I ain't getting up on Monday. But I'm going to give you an addresses. I'm going to give you addresses to 10 different places. And all you got to do is go to every place between 6 a.m. and 6 p.m., and you could walk home with $10,000. Tithing at Avenue Church, of course. Come on, somebody. Little pastor plug right there, huh? And you say, you know what? I love that. I want, raise your hand if you want $10,000, right? Glory to God. I want $10,000. You know what you're going to do? You can prepare for Monday, aren't you? You're going to go to bed tonight. You're going to go to bed early. Come on, somebody. I need to be focused, right? I ain't going to go to bed at midnight or 1 a.m. or 2 a.m. Come on, somebody, right? I'm going to go to bed early. I might even get childcare. Oh, my gosh, right? I might find this babysitter that people are talking about. You might have childcare. 
You might arrange a car or transportation. If you don't have a car, instead of saying, I don't have a ride, you're going to Uber. You're going to kidnap an Uber driver all day long to get $10,000, right? You're going to plan ahead because you're fully confident and you're fully expected to be home tomorrow night with $10,000 because I wanted to bless you. What if we live life every single day like that? What if we live life every single day saying, according to God's word, it's going to happen. According to God's word, it's going to take place. So I'm going to live like it. I'm going to be expectant. I'm going to be confident that God is going to do a good work inside of me. You know, Paul was someone who hoped for the best. I love what Paul wrote, Romans chapter 5, verse 2. And this is really going to help us during this, during this message today. Paul says, we boast in the hope of the glory of God. I boast in the hope of glory of God. I am so confident in God. I love what God is doing. I love what God is going to do. Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings. And I don't like this verse right here. Anyone else like this? Like, yeah, I'm going through it. <laughs> A terrible time. Yes. Why are you so happy? Because I lost my leg. You know what I mean? Like, amazing. Because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character hope. And what Paul's doing here is he's giving us what I call a hope journey. A hope journey. So I want you to put up on the first slide, hope. I glory in the hope of Christ. But then oftentimes when we walk out of this room, we, we run into suffering. We run into suffering. Suffering takes place. The Bible doesn't say, you know, if suffering happens. The Bible says when suffering happens, do this and that. Destructions in God's word. But suffering happens in this world. And so what the Bible says, we hope in the glory of God, but, but also we glory in the suffering. And for so many of us, this is where my monsters take over. For so many of us, we say, I'm hoping in Jesus. I love God. I know God. I call Avenue Church my home. I'm a Christian. I'm a Christ follower. And then when suffering comes our way, we think it gives license to our mind monsters to wreak havoc. For many of us, in the next journey for us, it's, it's whining, negativity, it's anger. I'll preach to myself, that's just me, everybody. Come on. I'm suffering. Why? The pastor Lindsay's like, it's just a cold. Calm down, right? But we give our mind monsters license to take over our mind. License to ruin our day, our week, our year. License to be able to run our mouth, to say things we don't really mean, to hurt others with our words, to have anger, strife. I want to encourage you, the next step should not be any of those things that I said, but the next step should be perseverance. Through my suffering, I've realized that through Christ, you can put the next slide up, I can persevere. I can persevere. Perseverance simply means doing something despite difficulty or delay. So hope equals suffering. Suffering equals perseverance. I could do it without delay. I could still follow my Jesus. How many know that I am just in a season? Ecclesiastes says there's a season for everything. A season to mourn, a season to weep. How many know it does not say it's a season to quit? And that's the word of the Lord for somebody today. You are just in a season. Persevere and God's going to have blessings for you. It's right there. It's right around the corner. But there's something that happens when we suffer. When we go through sufferings, we place our trust in Jesus Christ. Then we're able to persevere. And when we persevere, you know what happens out of perseverance? If we don't quit, if we don't give up, God builds our 
character. Our character. Integrity. All kinds of different things that happen to our character. Character is that the trials made me who I am today. I'm so grateful. Paul says it over and over in his word. I'm grateful for the trials and suffering because they made me who I am. They made me who I am. That I place my trust in Jesus Christ. Trust the Lord with all my heart. Why? Because I did trials by myself and it was terrible. I did trials by myself and I rang out, I quit, I gave up. But then I realized through Jesus, he never left me nor forsaken me. He was always beside me. He was guiding me. He was leading me. God said, whatever the devil intended for evil, I'm going to turn it around for good. So though you went through it, guess what? I did some things through you and in you. I'm going to encourage you today that the hope leads to suffering. Suffering is perseverance, perseverance character. And that through that character goes back to hope. It becomes a journey that we go on, a cycle that we go on, a journey of saying, you know what, every single time. I love perseverance because you know what, I went through a suffering before and God got me through it. He's going to get me through this. He's going to get me through this time and time again. I have hope. I have full confidence. I can get through the suffering. I can persevere. I won't quit. Give up. I know that no temptation has seized me except what is common to man. God is faithful. He is faithful. Always provides a way out. I know that the developing of my character is going to produce hope in Christ. You see, I want to be transparent this morning. And um, for many of you that call Avenue Church home, you know that I'm completely deaf in this year. I'm hard of hearing this year. We're hearing it. I'm 60% deaf in this year. Even on Monday, I had the honor of um, guest speaking at another church here in town. And uh, Pastor Lindsay was behind me, and I saw a guy on, on, on staff. I said, hey, how are you? And then another young lady on staff walked by me, and she said something. But I did not hear her because she's on my deaf side. And some of you guys are getting, like, a revelation right now. Oh, Pastor Jeremy's not a jerk, all right? Because I just, like, walk by you, you know, like, hi, Pastor. I'm just, you know. That guy totally ignored me. I don't like him. I've never come back to his church. And so Pastor Lindsay caught it. She said, oh, hey, I am so sorry. He can't hear in that ear, and it's kind of noisy. And so I was like, oh, my goodness, I'm so sorry. Did I I ignore you? And and so I was like, my name's Jeremy and all that. And I was sitting at the table, and I said, you know what? I want to introduce to the church myself before I speak and let them know about my hearing. I have a disability. And so I asked another guy. I was like, hey, you're on staff here, right? And he goes, yep. I go, okay, what's her name. I pointed over there. What's her name? I forgot her name. I didn't hear her name. Happens all the time. I go, what's her name? And he goes, why? And I went, (laughs) I said, what? And he said, why? He he wasn't like, why? He was like, why? And I went, what? (laughs) Why? I was like, well, because I, why do I have to tell you why? You know what I mean? And he goes, no, her name is why. I was like, why? <laughs> and so sure enough, her name is Why. What an awesome name, right? Who's on first? Why? I don't know why. <laughs> but guess what? Suffering leads to perseverance. Perseverance leads to character. And I say that because I'm fully hoping that Jesus Christ is going to heal my ears. I have full confidence and expectation that he's going to heal me. My happen here on this platform. If it does, you're going to just have to bear with me. I'm going to Jericho march it. I'm going to take off. I'm going to go, Marco, Paulo, right? 
It's going to be amazing. It's going to be incredible. I hope, not a what-if hope, but a fully expectant hope. I have hope in Jesus Christ, and he's going to heal my ears for his praise and his glory, not because of me, but because of him. But i got to tell you time and time again, it's a suffering for me. There are many times in my prayer time I'll say, God, will you heal my ears so I can pastor better, so I can have relationships better, so I can hear individuals. I miss a lot of things. I misinterpret things. There's so many things I say, God, if you could, but I know you're going to heal me for your praise and your glory. And I know that the suffering has led to perseverance, and the perseverance has grown my character. And I often wonder, what would I be like without a disability? What would I be like without this in my life? What kind of person would I be? Would I be a man of faith that I am today? I don't know. But I hope by faith that Jesus is going to heal me. And in the meantime, I'm hoping for the best. And let me tell you, just as, not, even, not as a pastor, but as a Christ follower, I really don't see any better option than the trust. I'm just going to trust. I'm not going to be woe is me or negative or upset. I'm not going to be any of those things. I'm just going to believe and hope for the best. So here's what I want you to do. Number one, how do I hope for the best? How do I get my hope back? Number one, we need to say it. We need to say it. You know why most people, when they uh, have a resolution or they're ready to make some changes in their life, they post it on Instagram or Facebook. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Right? Today, I'm going to lose weight. I'm like, good for you, right? Like, <laughs> today, I don't know what else there is, right? <laughs> Today, I'm going to live a better, healthy lifestyle. Ask me how. <laughs> I know what that is. Today, I'm not going to eat any more meat. I'm going to be a vegetarian. That's when I step in. All right, no, 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 no. God has a plan for your life. Plans to prosper you, to give you a hope and a future. Come on. All right? Let that cow have its purpose. Come on. Why are they posting it on their social media? Because they want accountability. They're saying it. I hope, I hope, I'm fully expected. I'm ready. When we say it, it shows it. When we confess hope, we confess it by saying it. I encourage you today that when we give, when we give to generosity or someone else or Avenue Church, when we give, we're saying, God is my provider. Therefore, I place my hope in Christ alone. Man, when we, when we pray, we're saying, God, I place my hope in you. Give me the directions. Help me in this next step. Help me to know what I am to do. When we serve, we're saying, God, you love people. Therefore, I love people. That when we say it, we do it. See, when we go, we're saying, my life is not my own, but for the glory of God. And here, every Sunday in our worship experience, when we raise our hands, close our eyes, or when we sing, shout, or clap, we're saying, God, I place my hope and trust in Christ alone. Can we begin to say it? Because your life will always move in the direction of your strongest thoughts. Therefore, we need to say it because saying it helps you to think it. Helps you to think it. And here's a monster challenge. How do I say it 
Pastor Jeremy, Romans chapter 12, verse 12. This is what Paul said. Paul says, be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. How do I say it, Pastor Jeremy? You know what? Today, I'm joyful in hope. That doesn't mean I'm a ha, 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 but it means I'm content. I'm joyful in hope. I'm patient in affliction, and I'm faithful in prayer. Hey, how's your, how's your life going today? Good. I'm joyful in hope. I'm patient in affliction, and I'm faithful in prayer. I'm joyful in what God is going to do. I am patient because my perseverance is developing my character. It's affliction. It's just making me better. I'm faithful in prayer because I'm talking to God who'll never left me. He'll never forsaken me. He has me for his plan and his purposes. I am joyful in hope, patient in affliction, and faithful in prayer. Give me hope again. Can we hope again? And number two, number one, we got to say it. But number two, as I close this thing out, is we got to believe it. we got to believe it. Think about God. I want you today to believe God wants to meet your needs. I want you today to believe that God wants the very best for your life. And here's the thing, as I was praying about this, this uh, sermon uh, this week, that for many of us, we look at God as our heavenly father. And so many times we have a hard time separating our heavenly father with the fathers that we know in our life. The fathers that we know in our life are omnipresent, omnipotent. They can't give us all things. And, and maybe some of us, we have a bad view of a father. And sometimes that view creeps into the heavenly father. Where we say, God's trying to teach me a lesson or God's mad at me or God doesn't want me to have good things. I want to encourage you today. Can you walk out of here believing that God wants the very best for your life? Can we walk out of here today believing that God wants you totally set free? That God wants a relationship with you today? That God's going to bring you good things? Because we're fully expectant. I am fully confident. You're my son. He's seven years old now. But when he was about four years old, Man, we love to go to parks. We love to, uh, he, and his favorite thing to do was to climb up the highest structure, all right? I was always like, get down! And, and children just don't listen automatically, right? Like, shot caller, I need something, you know? And, and so he would climb up to the highest thing, rock, playground, and he would go, Dad! I go, yeah! And thank goodness I could hear enough. Come on, somebody. And so, Dad! And he would just jump. I have a picture behind me, right? Four years old. Look at me. And that, that wasn't like, okay, son, jump. It was like, ah! I mean, right at the last second. Oh, no. And look at those sideburns, by the way. Come on, somebody. Man. Man, look at all that hair. That was before I started at church, y'all. Get in the girl track. <laughs> you know why my son jumped every single time? He's seven, now we don't do that because your daddy's old. Come on, somebody. 50 pounds. <laughs> but do you know why he did that? Because my son, he hoped that I would catch him every single time. You catch that. For some of you, this is messing with you right now, isn't it? Like, like Levi didn't say, I hope he catches me because he might not. <laughs> but the true definition of hope is I'm fully expecting my daddy's going to catch me. 
I'm fully expecting my God is for me, not against me. I'm fully expecting that he's there for me. And for so many of us, we're not like Levi. For so many of us, we're at the top of that rock, and we have a step of faith to take. It's huge. It's big. I'm here to tell you, every single person in this room, you have a step to take, but it doesn't matter what kind of step you have to take. It seems big for all of us. It seems like a huge leap, huge leap of faith. And for so many of us, we're going, okay, here I go. And you go, well, he, 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 I, I hope he catches me, but he might not. So I'm going to get a little bit lower before I take a step. For some, we just stay on top of that thing. Say, bring me food. Bring me water. I'm going to live up on top of here. Because nobody's got my back. No one's going to catch me. Matter of fact, if I fall, I feel like you're going to kick me. You're going to leave me down there. And I'm so grateful that we serve a heavenly Father who loves you. A heavenly Father who wants to bless you. A heavenly Father that loves you so much that before he placed you on this earth, glory to God. Come on, somebody. Are you good? Are you deaf? <laughs> you know you're preaching good when the devil tries to do stuff. I'm so grateful. Play keys real quick. You got keys? I don't sound very spiritual now, Nicole. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But thank goodness. Thank goodness we have a heavenly father. That he loves you so much. That he placed good works inside of you. Before he placed on this earth. That he has a plan for your life. And I love that Jesus, that on the, on the night that he was betrayed, he was in the garden of Gethsemane, he was praying. And when he was praying, he knew exactly what was going to take place. He knew he was supposed to go on the cross. He even prayed a prayer. He said, let this cup pass from me, but nevertheless, let your will be done, not my will. He knew that he was going to get captured. He knew that they were going to put a crown of thorns on his head that would dig deep into his skull. He knew that they, they would spit on him. They would whip him with a cat of nine tails. That they broke procedure and whipped him as many times as they could just before he would die. They nailed his hands on the cross. He knew exactly what they were going to do. His hands and his feet, he knew he had to carry that cross. He knew exactly what was going to take place. He knew that he was going to die on that cross. And you know why he did it? Because it was his joy that was set before him. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2 and 3 says this, I am fixing my eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of my faith of my hope. And it says this, for the joy set before him, he endured that cross. He did it. He never said it's not worth it. He never said, heck no, I ain't going to do it. But it said it was a joy that was set before him. He endured it. He persevered it. He suffered of it, scorning its shame. And how many know three days later, he resurrected, and he sat at the right hand of the throne of God. Because he said, it is finished. But for us, it's just starting. It's to consider him who endured such opposition so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. So you will not grow weary. That's the next slide, by the way. So you will not grow weary so that you will not lose hope.
You know why Jesus said, I can do it? You know what his joy that was set before him was? You know how he got through all that pain and that, that hell? It was because of you. It was because of me. And Jesus said, I'll do it. I'll do it. That you're the reason why he came. That you and I, we were the joy set before him. Maybe you're here today, and I'm going to ask you, would everyone stand with me, please? Maybe you're here today, and you said, man, pastor, this message spoke to my heart. Worship team, come on out real quick. And here's what I want us to do today. I've saved some time. Now I want us to worship. I want us to worship together as a church. Hey, team, if you've got somewhere to go, just wait for a few minutes as well. But let us worship in just a moment. I want us to ask God, God, give me some hope back. God, give me some confidence back. Father, I need faith to endure. I need faith. Maybe you're in this room, you need faith to see again. You know what? With vision, you can endure anything. The Bible said without vision, people perish. I want to encourage you today. We bow, bow your heads, close your eyes. When you raise your hands, we're going to sing a song today. I want to ask God to restore faith in you. I want you to ask God to help you to hope again. I want this today to be a, such a transformational day in the mighty name of Jesus. Go ahead, worship team and singers, if you're able to. I want us to sing today, and I want us to worship to the song today. And I want us to say, God, give me hope again. Father, thank you that you have a plan for my life. Thank you that you have plans to prosper me, plans to give me hope, plans to give me a future today. Let's begin to worship in just a moment. Come on. Blood of Jesus Christ, oh, come to the altar, the Father's arms are open wide, forgiveness was born with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Come on. In Jesus' name. Come on, church. Come on. Bow down before him, for he is Lord of all. Sing hallelujah, Christ is risen. Come on, one more time. Over the sea. Keep singing it. God's giving you hope again in your life. Come on, sing hallelujah. Christ is
with every head body of eye closed. I believe there's a couple of individuals here today. I love that, that lyric behind me, forgiveness was bought. That maybe you're here today and you say, I've done the unforgivable. And there's so much condemnation, so much hurt, so much pain. And Jesus is saying, I died to set you free from that in the mighty name of Jesus, that you are forgiven. But not only are you forgiven, he wants to use you for his praise and his glory. And maybe you're here today and you feel like, I quit, I give up, I'm done. This is my last chance. Maybe you're grown weary. I want you to know today Jesus is here. Even last service, someone said, I felt the presence of God for the very first time. And he wanted me to remind you today that he's right by your side. He's never left you. He's never forsaken you. But he loves you. That today, he wants you to leave better than when you came. He wants you to accept him into your heart and to be completely wiped clean. See, condemnation means you could never change. And how many know I have full hope and full confidence that when we pray a prayer, we ask Jesus in our heart and we mean it. God wipes us completely clean. Maybe you're here today and you feel like you cannot persevere. I have no endurance. I'm ready to quit and give up. And God is saying, I'm giving you supernatural, supernatural endurance, supernatural perseverance that you can do it through Christ Jesus. With every head bowed, every eye closed, if you're here today, I won't embarrass you, I won't call you forward. I want to celebrate with you today. I want to pray a prayer with you. If you're here with every head bowed, every eye closed, and you're saying, Pastor, I want to give my life to Jesus. I'm tired of living this way. I want Christ to rule in my heart, not the mind monsters. And if that is you, every head bowed, every eye closed, just put a hand up, put it right back down, and just let me know you're raising your hand. Hand up. Yes. You can put it right back down. Up. Right back down. Anyone else? Yes. Yes. Anyone else? Up. And right back down. Come on. I'm amazed at the hands every single week, every single service of people taking a step towards Jesus Christ. What's next? It's Jesus. So everyone, I want us to all pray this prayer out loud. We don't pray alone. We don't do life alone. Say, dear Jesus, I need you. Say, thank you for dying on the cross. Say, thank you for paying for what I did. So today, I receive your forgiveness. So today, be Lord of my life. Say, be number one. Say, the best way I know how, I'm going to live for you. Say, give me hope today. Give me faith today. Because I now know who I am. I'm saved. I'm redeemed. I'm a child of God. Come everybody, shout. Give God a praise. Thank you for listening to today's message. Avenue Church is a Christian church located in Las Vegas. For more information, visit avenuechurch.cc.